Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everybody? I hope everyone is having a great day. I have one of the greatest Miami Hurricanes football players of all time with me. He's also an 11-year NFL veteran, Super Bowl champion, part of the greatest national title team in college football history, Bryant McKinney. Welcome to the Believe in the U, man. It truly is an honor to have you on. Thank you very much for having me. You're part of the Believe Network, too? Yes, sir. <laughs> so you know I do Believe with the Vikings. Yeah, yes, I, I do. Um, t- tell the viewers about your podcast real quick. So I do a podcast with my co-host, Dustin Baker, and we do it... Um, you know, once a week, and it's through actually believe as well. Okay. And I have all type of guests on, like um, we had Randy Moss, Tuvisdel, Troy Williamson. Um, I've had like Warren Sapp, you know, Hurricanes. So like we, so when we play like different teams, like say Tampa Bay, I asked Warren to come on. Um, so I've had a few different guests come on the show. A lot of them are my former teammates from the Vikings, but then also like in mid in mid season, whatever team that we're going against. If a hurricane played on the team, I'll get them to come on too. Gotta love it, man. It's that you family at the end of the day, man. So go check out. You already know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Go check out Brian McKinney's podcast on the Believe Network, man. And Brian, I got to ask you, you know, you started off your career at Lackawanna College. It's a junior Mm -hmm. college, correct? In Scranton, Pennsylvania? Yep. Were, were you an, a late bloomer in the sense of development? Why did you choose the JUCO route? Um, well, one, I came from a small school where we graduated less than 100 people, my senior class. So it wasn't a heavy recruited area. I mean, the, first, the, the last person who probably went D1 was probably like 89 or something like that. It was, like, it, it was a big gap in between. I graduated in 97. So just so it happened. Someone sent a videotaping of a, a running back of ours who was really good, um, who was a year behind me, and they sent it into the University of Iowa. And when they watched the tape, they were like, well, who is this guy, too? And they see me. So they, they set up the visit to come visit the school to visit the running back. But at the same time, he, they wanted to talk to me, too. This was after National Signing Day, so there was no more scholarship left. So they had a relationship with Mark Duda, who was the head coach at Lackawanna. And I played defensive end in high school. So they were like, we'll just do this. We'll give you a full ride to go to Lackawanna, which is in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It was only two and a half hours away from where I grew up in South Jersey. And go and learn how to play left tackle. And I really didn't want to play left tackle. I want to stay at defensive end. But they were like, no, I feel like you'll be better suited at left tackle. So um, I went on a visit and everything. They offered a the scholarship. Um, and I ended up doing it. And I just now had to learn how to play left tackle was something I never played because I was only a defensive end. I didn't play on offense, play left tackle. And then the thing about it was I was going against left. I was going against a second year guy who was like a Juco All-American. So he was really good. So every day I practice, this is how I'm I'm getting broken into playing left tackle against a guy who his name was Nate Russ. They called him Cowboy. He went on to go to University of Maryland, but he also played baseball. So I think he started with baseball more. But I ended up having to go against him. That was like my introduction to playing left tackle was going to be a guy who was a Juco All-American who was really good. And I'm still trying to figure out how to get in the left-hand stance. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian, you know, coming from Lackawanna 
College in Scranton. How did the University of Miami cross paths with you? Kind of go over that recruiting story and what coach um, reached out to you and maybe it was a specific game. How did that word get across about your My second year, late into my second year, was in, I was in the season in my sophomore year. All right, so like I said, <laughs> I had um, already signed a letter to go to Iowa, so Iowa sent me to Lackawanna. And just so happened after my first season at uh, Lackawanna, Hayden Fry, who was the head coach, he retired. So nobody could talk to me prior to that. So after that first season, he retired. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I, what am I going to do? Luckily. This segment was presented by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I became a Juco All American after my first season. <laughs> wow. So I was getting people's, I had no choice. I was going to get the best defensive end every day in practice. Yeah. So practice was hard for me. Games got were easy by that time. So um, I became a Juco All-American. Um, and then I was like on Bob Reese's pole, like one of the top tackles. And, um, but I, like, it was like out of like 200 people, I might've been like a hundred, but I was in, I was in that list. And then, um, so Miami didn't come in the picture to sometime in my second year there and it was like kind of late in the season. So I was getting letters from people because people would now reach out. Never got a letter from Miami at all. Then all of a sudden I hear like chatter in the, in the school, like, oh, there's a guy here from Miami. He's here to recruit somebody. Uh, I wonder who it is. And I got called out of class and got called down to my um, coach's office. And it was Arkeho sitting in there <laughs> with my coach and wanted to be me and, 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 you know, offered me to, a trip, you know, to come to Miami and no one to offer me a scholarship. And Arkeel is actually from Pennsylvania area. Okay. So that was his area of recruiting. And somehow he, he seen film on me and drove up there and came to visit. And, and then from there, so I, you know, I went and took my visit there and ended up coming to Miami. Gotta love it, man. Arkeel, he's been a part of every national title team down at Miami. Yeah. I had Casey Jones actually before. And he just, you know, everyone who I speak with that was coached under Coach Kehoe, man, just great words to say about him, man. So he's a fun, like he was probably one of the funniest coaches that I, that I've ever had. Really? Um, he knew when to be serious, but he also was like fun slash funny. Okay. Coach, you, you know what I'm saying? So he made it fun. Like it wasn't ever like a dreadful thing going to meetings with him. So very cool. cool. And Brian, you know, you're transitioning from the JUCO College, and you're going to the blue blood of college football. You're mm -hmm. eventually you did probably didn't know this at the time. You're playing with the greatest college football team of all time, the O one Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, How was that yeah, transition? No. <laughs> For me, it was um it just made me just, you know, want to just step my game up more because I feel like okay, I made it to a certain level at the JUCO level of you know being, I guess, one of the you know top people because I became a two-time JUCO All-American. But it was like now let's see how that carries over into you know the bigger the bigger league and um and I came there just really ready to compete. Um, my first year there, you had a guy named Robert Hall who had been there. That was this was his fifth year. So they told me to compete against him, and I did. And actually thought I won. But they were like, you know, this is his last year. He's been here through the probation, and you know, you know, let him see 
in his final year out, I, I was kind of like, oh, but I feel like we was competing and I won. And, you know, Bush Davis pulled me in the office. He's like, I feel like it would be better if you just take this whole year to just learn and just watch. And next year, you know all the plays. And then year after that, you have, you know, extra year. So after a lot of talking, which I didn't really feel like doing because I felt like I did what you asked me to do and I competed. But I was like, okay, it's in the best interest of running Caribs, Redshirt, and Tools. A few of us that all came together in Redshirt. And so that's fine. So I did it. Um, I think what JUCO did for me, though, is we didn't have, like, real training facilities. So, And one thing that I always learned in, in JUCO, too, they would say, you can't make the club in the tub. So I never was really in the training room. And I feel like that helped me. That was, like, a foundation in my career because I never missed any games due to injury or anything. Like, I just played through stuff, you know. So I feel like JUCO – gave me that tough mentality of whatever the show still got to go on. Um, getting to Miami though, the competition was better and I feel like everybody was moving faster and it just had to take me, you know, a little bit of time to really get familiar with the place, which I'm glad I did and snap counts and all type of things for it to slow down. And when it slowed down, you know, I was able to really like, you know, like do my thing. Who was your <laughs> mentor during that time at Miami? Uh, what someone in the offensive line unit, a specific coach, because you're coming in as a Juco player. I mean, people in general, I mean, part of a team, they're going to be tougher on, you know, the newcomers, whether true freshmen, transfers coming in. So who did, who took you under their wing and really guided you? The Miami um, standard. Actually, the person who really guided me and was taking time out with myself and Vernon Carey outside of Coach Keel was Mario Cristobal. He was the one who, he was trying to get us to like eat all clean and all this stuff. It's like, listen, we still in college. It was like yeah, you know, oatmeal in the morning, the hard egg, like all that stuff. We like, we get it, but we didn't get it at the time. I get it now, but at, at that time, you know, I'm 19, you know, it was just, I wasn't ready for that. I don't think yet, but um, he definitely took a lot of time on the side. Uh, I know for sure with me and Vernon Carey. And um, even when I had big matchups against like my first big matchup was against, um, Jamal Reynolds from Florida State. He sat with me like even the night before the game. And I really was trying to figure out what is it <laughs> that he's doing that, you know, he's getting all these sacks. I was really trying to wrap my brain around it. And we sat there and I watched it. And I was like, well, some of the stuff the offensive lineman is making the mistake. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And some of the stuff he's actually just out maneuvering, out powering people too. But uh, some of these plays is just the offensive lineman too. So I he really helped me with that. And then down to like later on that season too, I had, no, not that season. I had Alex Brown later on that season as well. And then even when I got to Dwight Freeney. Yeah. Like, hey, let me, <laughs> let me see what it's like. So with certain people, I really sat and tried to dissect what it is they're doing, making sure it's not the offensive alignment, doing like just trying to really, what you're trying to figure out what is it that's making, they, they had a lot of sex. All those guys had like a double G sex. I'm trying to figure out like, what's taking place here? Like, you know, so I really sat down and really like studied those guys because they were like, have, they had big numbers. And then, you know, what's crazy is like, um, my first year, I never even thought about like the whole no sack thing or anything like that. And even the junior college, I didn't give up any, but I never thought about it. It was never like really discussed at Juco. Um, when I got to Miami, it wasn't discussed until after I made it through the whole season. And then it was like, he didn't give him any sex. I'm like, well, you're not supposed to, right? Like, right. I'm just there as part of my job. <laughs> I'm not realizing like, that just people just don't really just do that. So um, 
I feel like it became more pressure my senior year because that was like the thing going to like a, a lot of matchups. And I mean, I remember Florida State in, in particular, um, we were blowing them out and we were there in Florida State and the guy got, the defensive end got a good jump and like you almost thought he was past me, but my long arm just was able to shove him by. But the sideline erupted like as if like they had just won like the game winner with an extra point or something like that. And when I realized it was because of me, I was like, oh, no, you got to get it together. Like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're really focused in on and Yeah. That's when I realized, like, okay, you can't have games like we feel like you, you can relax a little bit. Like, you have to really – if people not going to win the game, they want to win the, the small battle with me. So I, I realized, like, oh, yeah. I, I have to every week go in here with this mindset of, not letting anybody get close, which was crazy. That one little incident would really like turn my whole vision around about that. Um, you know, that season. Not to hold people off. <laughs> speaking of that two, 2001 season, Brian, mm-hmm. was there ever, you know, they, people say champions, you know, are built in the off season. You know, was there ever kind of that, you know, moment you felt like, hey, man, we have something special on this team? Like, I know 2000, you guys fell short. The BCS mm-hmm. rankings, they didn't include you in the title game against Oklahoma. But 2001, I felt like you guys were hungry. You wanted to be national champions. What was that moment where maybe it was a team bonding moment? Where it was oh, I'm going to tell you what, what it was, was because, okay, we weren't included in the national championship game against Oklahoma. We felt like we were the one. We had beat Florida State that year, and somehow we just got pushed to number three. Um, but the only time we would have cheered for Florida State was that game because if Florida State would have won, we would have shared it with them. So it, we would have been co-champs. And the fact that they didn't score a touchdown and we had to rely on somebody else, um, the whole theme for the next year was controlling our own destiny. So after we seen that game and we realized that we can't put things in other people's hands. We have to control our own destiny. And then and that, if that entails not losing the game, then that's what we have to do. So everything we did from the offseason workouts to even guys working out and putting together like Saturday workouts without coaches, it, everything was geared towards that. Everybody bought into it. Everybody was competing extremely hard against each other. And that was one thing we always said is like, we all felt like we were like, kind of the best. I don't know why I read that, that, but we did. And um, so we always said, like, it probably should be harder than the games. You know what I'm right. saying? And we had a mindset, especially going to my senior year, we need to be out by the end of the third quarter, let the other guys behind us get some reps so they can get used to having some repetition. <laughs> so yeah. if you really look at the schedule, long we're up by 21, we can we can leave. So we beat everybody by 21 points or better, except for like two or three games. Who do you think was running those practices? I know you lived it. Everyone else, they didn't live it. We were we were just watching. We were fans. Was it the coaches or the players? Because, you know, a lot of people stated Larry Coker was a player's coach. I know the 30 for 30 documentary, they said it was – was it you that stated that? They was like kind of like recess per se and the players were just kind of running the practices or – The players already had bought into – Controlling their own destinies to the point where you had guys like me, Ed Reed, Mike Rump, a couple of us go to Larry Cooker and say, listen, let us be in full pads one time a week until we lose. If we <laughs> lose, then you can put us in two times a week. But if, if we don't, if we only want to be in there one time a week. And um, we feel like that'll keep us fresh. We said, you agree? He said, okay, I agree. <laughs> so we just made sure we don't lose. <laughs> 
it's something a lot of people don't mention because they mentioned all of the the NFL first round picks, the great NFL veteran players, but that coaching staff from 2000 it was 2001. I love it when I said Chazinski because I remember a meeting, a team meeting, and um, Jeremy Shockey kept jumping outside. He's like, well, Jeremy, what can we do to get you from stop jumping outside? And Jeremy just blurred out, well, go on one. And it's like,
<laughs> just just being college kids and acting up. Do you think that 2001 team you were a part of could beat an NFL professional team if you matched up just one game? I think I think we would give them a. I don't think it'll be a blowout if we don't win. Yeah. Only reason why I say it's a little different because of the age differences. If that if we're all like that age and we had to go get some people who are like 28, 29, 30, you get a different grown man strength around 27, 28. That kind of kicks True. in. True. Um, so that's the only thing. And then the, as far as technique wise, your technique is even better when you get to the league. So I definitely feel like just athleticism, we would have probably just tried to do things to like, you know, hold our ground. And probably probably been able to be the team like Detroit or somebody like that who wasn't really that good. <laughs> they would probably try to step up and play hard too, though, because they're like, oh, we're playing these college kids. But I feel like we would gave everybody a good run. What made you guys so special, man? Because I know, look, man, teams always have talent. Alabama has tons of talent, but where did it start? Did it start it was the with chemistry? The it was that chemistry. whole offseason chemistry because we all bonded on and off the field. So, like, they came home to Jersey with me. Ed Reed, um, Vernon Carey, Joaquin Gonzalez, uh, Marquise Fitzgerald. It was like a group of guys that came back to Jersey with me. Um, we had, at a certain point, we all was in New Orleans. I mean, Jared Payton. I mean, um, Vernon Carey went home to Chicago with Jared Payton. Like, Everybody was like really getting to know each other. Then you got to remember me, Kyle Kobe, and Jeremy Shockey all lived yeah. together. So we're having barbecues and cookouts, and everybody's coming over there. So it was a lot of team bonding, and like you know what I mean. And then even Clinton Portis would take out the O line on Thursday nights for dinner. Like the guys did things to really bring themselves around each other. Even even though we around each other all day at you know practice, still outside of that, we still continue to. Bill chemistry, get to know each other, so you had each other's back. I mean, even down to if we went to the nightclub, some of the young guys would act up and get in, get in situations. We would have to have their backs and get them out of it. Like you know what I mean? So you had it, you had everybody's back on and off. So so especially on the field, you know you don't want to let them down, especially because a stranger. We don't know these people. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Looking back at your Miami career, Brian, what was your favorite memory or play? You know, maybe. Your last game at the Orange Bowl, maybe you know winning the national title game. Reflecting on that, all right. So I'll say two. Um, two is winning national title was definitely a big moment, and that whole experience being in LA, going on Jay Leno show and all yeah. that. But also the biggest moment um, that I feel like I always will remember is when we first beat Florida State. Um, that game, and Shaki caught that like winning touchdown. That game was like a big deal because we hadn't beaten them in a few years. It just showed like, you know, we were just coming back. It was a hot day. I was cramping up a little bit on the sideline. <laughs> um, it was a big game for me personally, um, just because I had a guy, Jamal Reynolds, who was an outstanding player. And then, you know, and then it, it Shockey kind of came in his own that game. And so did Ken Dorsey too. Um so that game right there was a, a really big game for me. I will, I would say, I mean, going against Dwight Franey too, because it was so hyped. Yeah. And that game was hyped up so much um, that you never really see um, too many games where they're hyping up and putting everything around a defensive end and attack. Or like they really wanted to see us go ahead yeah. and And um, I was happy with that turned out too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Was Donovan McNabb their quarterback on that team? No, he was going by then. I think Donovan had left in like 2000, I mean, 1999 or something like that. 1999, like just last year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was somebody else was their quarterback then. Brian, 
It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code CANONCAST15 at Canon.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's CANONCAST15, Canon, clearly better. You, gra- you declare for the NFL draft in the University of Miami. This is your dream to play for an NFL franchise. Walk me through NFL drafting. Um, are you thinking the Vikings are going to pick you? Are you even thinking you're going to go top 10, number eight, or was it number seven to well, the Vikings overall? I was number seven, but all during the draft, they, they give you like rankings of which you're ranked. So I always was being ranked number one or two between me and Julius Purpose would fly back and forth. They said, yeah, your ranking number could be one or two, but, you're, but it goes by team need. <clears throat> so you can slide down. So for me, they were like, oh, yeah, you'll probably go number five to Buffalo. They need to tackle. And I'm like, okay. So I really didn't even look forward to Minnesota, honestly. I said, if anything, I slip, let me go to San Diego. San Diego's number six. TJ Prunty was from Minnesota. And he kept saying, you're going to end up in Minnesota. I'm like, yeah, right. And I'm, Minnesota's not even on my radar at all. Like, I don't even feel like I was going to be there. I didn't think I was going to still even be there. So um, it was like I went on tour leading up to draft day i went out to la had to do a show called the best in sports show period yeah um from there i went to my junior college and i think they like they had like some kind of event for me there and then from there i went to new york and um we were in new york and that's when that's when the 9-11 stuff happened so we went to the fire stations and, and stuff like that we went and rang the bell at the stock market like they had us doing like a lot of activities um while we were there I remember the night before, um, so a female rapper, her name is Foxy Brown. She was really popular at the time. Um, her brother, she had a show in Miami, uh, like, in December, and I kept in touch with her brother. So I hit him up, and I said, hey, me, I'm in town. I got the draft tomorrow. Maybe we can hang out a little bit. He said, okay, yeah. So he came, and me and Julius Peppers was like, hey, let's go hang out. All right, so we, <laughs> so we, we went with him. He took us to, like, three clubs. And we got back at like four or five in the morning. And I'm like, oh my God, we got to be up. Why do people had to come and knock on my door? Like they had to come open my door because I had this thing on. So that's how I know they can still unlock your door. Even when you put a little thing in the day, they can still get in. So I had, I heard somebody knocking, but I just did not feel like getting up. And next thing I know, that man came in that room. He was like, I guess he thought I was like past that. I don't know what he thought, but I was really up. Like I told you, I'm a light sleeper. I heard him come in, but when I, was, I heard somebody at my, like, because it was like a suite. So I heard the actual bedroom door. I'm like, and he was like, oh my God. I'm saying, oh my God. I said, I'm up. And he was like, oh, the, you need to get ready. Da, da, da. I said, all right, get ready. Like, I got him as we got dressed. And then, like, um, I must be like a little late because, like, everybody else was on the shuttle, like, sitting there. And I was like, okay, I'm here. And I got on the shuttle and we went over to um, Madison Square Garden, I guess it was. And um, I get there. I'm on the bus. I don't even see Julius. Julius is not there. We get to the stadium. Julius is not. I mean, we get to the arena. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, my God, where, where is he at? <laughs> so apparently, they came and got me first and woke me up first. And then they had to go do him next. So oh, wow. Okay. I just made it to get yeah. on the um, bus. He didn't. So he came in, like, as they were about to start the draft. And, like, he had came in and... 
I was looking at him like, I didn't know you were gonna make it down. He was like, oh my God, bro, last night. I was like, yeah, I barely make it. But um, he came in like right when it was starting. And um, he was the number two pick, so he couldn't be going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so he made it just in time. And then when they called me, when they went past Buffalo, I'm like, okay, maybe San Diego, they got nice weather. And then the Quinn Jammer, who was in who was in town with us too, he went there. So I was like, and right after he went there, Mike Tice called me. And I was like, Minnesota. I'm like, what's in Minnesota? Now I'm thinking, like, what is in Minnesota? I'm like, TJ lives there. Jimmy Jam and Terry, Terry Lewis, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Prince. I was just thinking about, like, what do I know about Minnesota? And I was like, okay. And I was like, I guess I'll see who it is. Now I'm thinking, like, who plays on that team? And I was like, okay, Rainy. All I could think of was Rainy Boston, Dante Copa. I didn't know anybody else. But at that time, the team had got new players. It was like, it went through, like, a transition where everybody was kind of new so the year i came in they had a whole bunch of free agents a whole bunch of new people period so like chris carter was gone now all like so and they did they interviewed me and was like name three players um and i couldn't only could name two so you gotta tell me you play for the minnesota vikings and you go to the baltimore ravens you win a super bowl with the baltimore ravens what felt what was more fulfilling for you or kind of something that you appreciated more as a player winning a national title for the university of miami or for the baltimore ravens i don't know that's tough because they both were kind of equal to me you know really? it's on two different levels okay yeah it's on two different levels and i mean with to me that had the most significance was the fact that i was able to do it both times with Ed Reed. so in college oh. i go back yeah. to um baltimore where he's at i go to baltimore where he is and i do it with him and then you got to remember too matt burke the center there was my center my first seven years in minnesota so i was very familiar with him and how he operates you know so i it was definitely definitely a comfort level two this was the first time i was ever going to be in the locker room with other fellow hurricanes because i had nobody ever in minnesota all those years um and ray lewis i just feel like it's like a prophet because when i first when they first tried to get me to come there, he was like, you had to miss a piece for us to get to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, how do you know? And then it was like, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, golly, that's crazy. Like, Edry's the only person I've won a national championship in the Super Bowl with. And I'm the same for him. Wow. How are you guys? I mean, it seems like your relationship with him is like a brotherhood, man. You guys are like close, yeah. like brothers, man. How, how is that relationship with you and Ed Reed? It's good. Like we like we call each other and we always check on each other. I mean, it's like that with a lot of us, but I mean, but me and Ed, you know, we, we check on each other, we call see how you know each other's doing, family's doing. Um, but like it's a group of us that are all like in like a little group chat. So during football season, you know, we talk about the games or we talk about what we like to see and things like that too. Um, so it's a group of us in there too. So there's a lot of us that all kind of keep keep in touch. Brian, you have any advice to, you know, any Miami Hurricanes? We got a couple that might get drafted in the first round. Uh, any advice to those guys, um, you know, on draft day and just, you know, something maybe you wish someone would have told you uh, before you entered the NFL? Um, See, the way I entered, you remember it was crazy. I had like a whole 98-day holdout. <laughs> just people just got to realize it's business once you get there. You know, in college, it's really about like friendship, having a good time and bonding, but there is really business. And so you just have to always just think of everything as yourself as a business and you're doing a joint partnership with, you know, an NFL team and always make good business decisions. 
Speaking of the Miami Hurricanes, man, it's it's a brotherhood. It's the University of Miami, and I know we are we're trying to get back to the Miami standard from a former national champion. What's your outside? What's your perspective on the? What they have to do because when I was when I was there like in 2019, help them like with technique for some offensive linemen, and I was only there a couple times. It wasn't that much. Um, and that coach was terrible. So the coach they have now, Garrett Justice, he's good, but the other coach was not good at all. It was teaching them terrible technique, and that's why I looked like they were terrible. But actually, we've seen Garrett Justice coming now. They've improved so much because he's actually shown them the correct way to, to block. Um, but what I realized with them, just talking with them, and Romberg was there with me too, is they didn't, they don't, they don't bond like we did. You know what I mean? And that's very important. And even winning the Super Bowl in Baltimore, us bonding a lot outside of work helped keep everybody together too. And I that was. Those, that's something I realized plays a big part. Like everybody actually getting along and bonding. It, it comes to a certain point where you have to really bond with your teammates for everybody to really trust and and hold each other accountable for things. And I think that takes a that plays a big factor. I don't think those guys really do that. I don't know if it's changed, but I know the last time I was there, even just asking conversation with the offensive line, like, well, who hangs with who? And it's like they were clicked up. And it's like that's not a good thing. And coaches need to start creating more things where to make people interact. Because it's clearly they have so many other distractions now with social media and all these things that they can easily be distracted, but they got to start doing some things where they have to start like, you know, connecting and, and getting along. We were, they didn't tell us to take these trips together. They didn't have to come home with Jersey with me and all that stuff. We were just doing that naturally. You know what I mean? It play, it makes a big difference. Yeah. That's a great point. You made social media. I know other programs actually take away the phones of the players during, you know, the off season per se, or during the regular season. So I'm curious if maybe that would be a good factor to implement uh, Bryant, if you were talking to the 2021 Miami Hurricanes before they take on the Alabama Crimson Tide, what would you tell those young men? This is a money game. And that's how we used to say things. Like, certain games is a money game. Like, everybody's going to be watching. You need to go out here and have your best performance. This is a great way to open up a season. It's a great way to have some momentum going into the rest of the season. This is a money game. If your dream to aspiration to go to the next level, you need to put it all on the field right now and put it on film. So people can see and scout and get an idea of what type of player you are. Gotta love it, man. Brian McKinney, national champion, the heart and soul of the University of Miami. It was an honor to uh, speak some uh, football with you, to talk Canes football, Brian. Uh, you're one of my favorite players as a fan, man. Oh, thank so you. It truly is a dream come true, man. And once again, where can people find your podcast on the Minnesota Vikings? So Believe in Vikings is actually on the Believe Network as well. So you can go there. And find, I guess, probably like the same place they find yours too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Spotify, iTunes, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, Spotify, iTunes, all that. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. All right, Brian. Thank you so much for your time, man. Always all about the you, baby. Go Thanks Canes. for having me. This segment was presented by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.